Hello and welcome to another episode of the Kosh Cast on underthekoshblog.com and at under underscore the Kosh on Twitter. My name is Alex and Birdie is here. Hello, Alex. Hello, my friend. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. Been a been a long time. Good to well, I saw you last night. <laughs> That's true. We played we played football together last night. It was a devastating loss. It was awful. Mm. Mm-hmm. I still had fun, but it was it was a bad game. Yeah, it, it's it's very interesting when you play against a team who are clearly physically fit, mm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it feels like there's an extra man all over the pitch. So yeah, that was interesting. And Honestly, women, yeah, yeah. No, honestly, they they were rude. Like they they were what five up and still pressing like maniacs. It was like, all right, come on, like let's let's settle down. I, I knew we were finished when they did the Iron Robin corner routine, where mm. man floated the ball in and that guy smashed it. And I got out the way of it, but I thought I did not think a it would have taken my head off. Firstly, yeah. but Secondly. I thought there was no chance this man is scoring that, but wow, what a goal. Yeah, no, th- th- this was a volley, like, outside the area, from any angle, Zidane-esque. It was the best goal I've ever seen in co-ed soccer, for sure, like, by a mile. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, yeah, it has been a while. Uh, glad to be back, and uh, yeah, let's let's do this. Um, it, we, we were just talking, and... It's Wednesday. There've been a bunch of EFL Cup games. We've seen none of them, so we're gonna kind of ignore the EFL Cup um, for the most part, unless there's anything there that you want to touch on. I suppose. Wait, did United play? Yes, and then United fans are very excited. And, and uh, look, I, <laughs> I last year I was a Grinch. I'm going to continue to be the be the Grinch until uh, I see reason otherwise. United threw great another home tie great against Newcastle, who took out Man City. But the the actual only thing I really want to discuss from the Carabao Cup is I read Pep's comments after the Newcastle game, mm. and he's he's that kid in school who does some good shit and has to tell you every single day that he's done that shit. It's really annoying. Like, what, what did he say? If people don't know. Well, he, they, he he talked about going out and he was like, yeah, well, I don't think it's a big deal. If we won the Carabao Cup, it would be the quadruple. I'm like, it's a new, firstly, it's a new season. Pep. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but we, we're, we're happy with the treble. I'm like, I, every, I'm, every press conference I've seen of him this season, since they won the treble, he has said, we won the treble. And like, Oh, he said, like, oh, we've won five games in a row. Well, that would kind of be hard coming off a of treble. I'm like, <laughs> I can I can swear that Sir Alex didn't talk about the treble half as much after he won it. it like Yeah. It's got some Mourinho vibes. I mean, at least it was a legitimate treble, but it is a it's more of a Mourinho flex, this 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 kind of business. It's a Mourinho flex, it's 115 charges flex. Mm. Like, like you and maybe I'm getting into territory. I'll just say this. Winning a treble is hard. Clearly, it took him six years or however long it was to even win the Champions League. Even with all the financial doping, even with all the charges, even with all the sports washing, it is a difficult thing to do. Props that you did it. Like, props. But it's it's not a treble I respect compared to other teams for obvious circumstances because oh, 115 charges, the financial doping and the sports washing. So to revel in it this way, is just a little odd to me. 
I will say while we're talking about Pep, he's been off on one lately. Just with, I, I think he's in is in zero fucks given mode, like in, in terms of what he's just saying. So like when he's been talking about Matthias Nunez, when the first week Nunez arrived, he was like, "Yeah, he's got no first touch. He needs to develop a first touch, and that's why he's not playing." And then he played him two games in a row and said he was brilliant. And then he, some reporter told him that he'd called Nunez like. What is it? World class or one of the best midfielders in the world or something mm-hmm. when he played for Sporting? And Pep says, Yeah, I did say that, but he's not. <laughs> I was like, Could you just let the man feel good about himself for like a day? Honestly, <laughs> like he's only been there a week. And then today he was asked about Calvin Phillips and because Phillips finally started a game and he said, like, Yeah, the club spoke to Phillips. And and he said that and said basically you're not going to play very much and he decided to stay anyway and that's okay because he's about to be a dad so he wanted to stay and that that's fine with me he's a nice guy he was basically just saying like I don't care I didn't give a shit whether Calvin Phillips stayed or not but he's decided to stay for family reasons and whatever I, I, I don't know if it's just Pep I just feel like managers are talking too much like yes. I prefer the shady days of. He's a, like, he's a great player. I love him. Like, you know what I mean? Even if you hate the guy, I prefer that. I don't like all this Ten Hag, Baldy, Guardiola, Baldy candidness. Like, <laughs> I, I I really don't like it at all. I honestly think there's too many. They have a ton of media duties, right? There's just too many. Like, they get interviewed so much that at some point they're going to say mad shit. Well, I, and it, I remember when Solskjaer was manager and people would be like, he's not saying anything. Like, and then when Randick came in, they were like, yes, he's saying everything. And I was like, I really prefer when managers don't, because I get it. I'm not a football player. I don't really, like, whatever. But I always, and this is just me living vicariously through people. I always think about, like, what if it were me mm. on the receiving end of this? And I would, if I was Calvin Phillips, I'd be upset right now. I'll just be honest. I'd be, like, fucking livid about this. Like, if I was Nunez, I'd be like, what? <laughs> Like I just I just don't want to be on the receiving end of that. But then you get the Twitterati who are like, Well, they earn two hundred K a week. <laughs> like they're people too. Like, come on. Yeah. Like you just have to think about it. And and and, and the caveat I'll always apply is unless the manager goes to his players and says, Look, I'm gonna say shit in the media, I need you to ignore it because it's all nonsense and I'm just like deflecting and protecting and whatever. And you come and talk to me and like our relationship is what matters. If you say that at the start of the season, then maybe that's one thing, but otherwise they are just kind of playing mind games with their own players via the press. And like, if you think about that in any other employment context, it's mad. It's completely Mm mad. Mm -hmm. Absolutely insane. I just, I I don't know. I, I, I mean, look, you're talking about Jose. It, might, it just came to mind when Jose was like, I am controlling Luke Shaw's brain. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> like, none of these guys have gotten to that level yet. But I was like, how? That Did was that, next level. Like, you lost the dressing room and you were surprised. <laughs> uh, that was that. unreal. I'd forgotten about that. Um, just to, to finish off our non-conversation about the EFL Cup. Uh, so United do have Newcastle in the next round. That should be a cracker uh, if United show up. And then uh, West Ham Arsenal, we've got the uh, the Declan Rice derby. So those are the two the two standout fixtures from the next round, as far as I can see. I mean, Mansfield against Port Vale will be good too, but, you know. Ipswich Town beat Wolves, right? Like, that was a... Mm. 
That who's that? Their manager is what? Kieran McKenna, who's supposed to be like one of the next up and coming coaches. He was right? a he was Solskjaer's assistant, and uh, mm, okay, he they're second in the championship after just getting promoted. So that's Damn. very that's very interesting. They're doing very Wait, well. Where are Middlesbrough? Because you got they're, you got McKenna and you got Carrick. They're 18th after finishing in the I think just outside the playoffs last season. Oh so Jesus! They've got some ways okay. to go. Oh, Carrick fraud. Carrick's on fraud watch. Yeah, he was on uh, Goat Watch <laughs> last year, but then they sold uh, they sold Akbom, who scored all the yeah. goals, yeah. and then it was like actually you weren't really coaching, or just Akbom was scoring a bunch of goals. <laughs> oh, bro! Speaking of which, didn't they sold him to Ajax? No. Yes. Let, let me talk about Ajax for a minute because there have been a couple of like expose articles about them over the in the last day or so. Like, what happened to this great club? Because their fan, like, they lost on the weekend and their fans basically just, like blew up the stadium and rioted and stuff. Um, and what it comes down to, from what I read, is everything was going really well, super well run club. Um, you know, Champions League semi final in 2019. That crop of amazing young players with Frankie and Donny and all them and then Mark Overmars sent dick pics mm-hmm. to to his staff and it all collapsed mm-hmm. like he actually brought the club down with sexting yes this <laughs> is just incredible I think in the Ajax case a lot of different things happened at the same time, obviously. Like, you had the sexting thing with Overmars, which Ten Hag decided to not back him, but say some really positive stuff about him, which I thought <laughs> He was... backed him. He said he wanted him to come back. Yes, he did. Like, bro, you clearly, like, especially when you think about Gringo to Anthony, he's like, clearly, I'm not getting the memo at all. But there's that happened. Then, obviously, Ten Hag left, who was... Clearly, the genius behind that that run. Mm. Obviously, they lost players, and then not directly related, but um, Van der Sar had his health issue. Yeah. I don't remember if it was a hemorrhage or something. It was something I remember. Bad, right? Yeah, yeah, it was very, very bad. Hospital. A lot of things like now you're wondering if there's a leadership like sort of vacuum right now. A lot of different things happened at the same time to that club. But with all that said, I will say this. You have Brian Brobry as your striker. Like you're, 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 you're finished. And in my United group chat, I said, all you got talking about Harry Kane and whatever, we're going to get Brian Brobry because <laughs> Ten Hag loves a, an Ajax guy and also an Eredivisie guy if you can get an Ajax one. So yeah. I was convinced he would come. I'm glad he has it. But that's what late. you get for doing... <laughs> We're one striker injury away from Brian Robbie showing up. Uh, uh. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's true. Anyway, I just thought that was funny. Oh, speaking of clubs um, kind of voluntarily collapsing, um, what are Napoli doing, man? What, what, what are Napoli doing with their lives? They've got one of the best strikers on the planet, and they're letting their social media person ruin it for them. I couldn't believe what I like. I couldn't believe what I saw. So the context for people is they were playing against. I think it was Bologna or so, and he it was nil nil. He missed the penalty. I guess they would have won the game if he scored the penalty. He got subbed off, literally in injury time, and he threw a strop about it, 
because he's like, it's injury fucking time. Like, why are you taking off me, your best striker? Now, I'm, I typically back managers. I don't like when players show dissent, but that manager is Rudy Garcia. Fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) Correct. Why why did you hire him? And clearly taking off us in men when you're chasing a goal is just dumb shit. I don't care if you're, it's just dumb shit. You don't do that. Like, Respect your manager, I understand it, but like, why are you even doing that? That makes no fucking sense. And mm-hmm. then they decided to make fun of him for missing a penalty, which isn't even the worst part. Like, that's one thing. But I no one's talking about the one. The, is that coconut video like verified? Because no one is talking about this in official circles. Yeah, yeah. Well, they deleted it, obviously, but yeah. But the coconut video, they they posted that too. They posted is it because. Here's my thing. So for his own club called him a coconut. That's what I was trying to understand. Like there's a video equating him to a coconut as a black man with like you know blondish hair or whatever it is. Uh-huh. They equated him to a coconut, and I thought, why is no media? Why is his agent? Why is no one talking about that video? They're only talking about the penalty. It must be made up, and it must be fake news in my mind. Otherwise, but apparently this thing is real, and like. He is apparently threatening legal action because of this assortment of just disgusting videos. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and he scored tonight, but <laughs> so he's playing for them, um, which, to be honest, after the weekend, I wasn't sure it would happen again. Um, but, yeah, what, what a shambles. I mean, I don't want to say I'm happy for him, but what I will say is it does give him a way out because, like, Dilarentis is obviously very difficult to negotiate with. And would have demanded, and may still try to demand 150, 180 million, whatever, to get Osman out of there. But this legal action route, maybe, may I'm not an employment lawyer, but this may be a way out for him, which would be good. I think they'll sort it out because I think getting him out is complicated. Because what legal act? Like I've been wondering this since I saw it. Like, what legal action can you actually take? Like, sue them for what? They're not breaching Dunno. contract. They're just being fucking assholes. <laughs> Slander is that a thing in Italy? Don't is, know. Is that, is that, like is, you can't you can't do racism because like we you know like, <laughs> he'll get to the court and the court will be like that's not racist. Don't know what you're yeah. on about. Yeah, we don't we don't understand what that means. Like I, I I think he'll sort it out. I think it will make him active in trying to get other clubs out there, but he'll probably get a big bumper contract. That's mm. what I see. If I'm him, I hate you, but I'm going to extort the shit out of you. <laughs> yep. Yep. No, that's fair. Um, I mean, they don't have that much money, but you might as well take as much of it as you can and then leave. Mm-hmm. Um, I really have very little to say about the next thing, which is Gattuso to Marseille. And really, all I just want to say is like, has there ever been a more perfect union and yet one that will so obviously implode within six months. I was going to ask you over or under six, like, six months. <laughs> <laughs> like, if he sees out the season, I'll be very, very surprised. I'm, I'm giving it three months max. Like, that guy is a... Like, you're, what you're saying is he's absolutely insane, right? He's nuts. Yeah, and Marseille are nuts. Like it's a per- so it's perfect in that respect. Yeah, but remember he left Fiorentina before he'd even started. Yeah, 
it's going to be hell on earth. Hell on earth. Oh, oh man. Um, all right. Let's. I mean. Oh. Oh. Also. Yeah, um, just uh, nice breasts on top of like of Liga. Really. Yeah. Breasts are first, and then knees are second. Incredible. So I mean, it had to happen uh, at some point, didn't it? Exactly. I need to. I need to say nice breasts on top. Fair enough. I'm just. Yep, that's true. Man, PSG really let that happen, eh? Mm-hmm. And I hope my wife <laughs> never listens <laughs> to this podcast. <laughs> this is Luis Enrique's legacy now. He let that happen. Incredible stuff. <laughs> um, I was going to suggest we get, we talk about some of the football that happened on the weekend, but before that, there's a few other kind of random bits and pieces that I want to chat about. One is, did you see the picture of Harry Kane in Lederhosen? I did. Yes, I did. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. I've no, It's the most awkward I think I've seen someone holding a beer because that very you know he he obviously doesn't drink at all, and so even holding it seems very out of place for him. Everything about him looks out of place in uh, Germany. Like there was yep. even that video of them like trying to teach him how to eat. Like was it schnitzel or something? And he's like, "What the hell what? is going on here?" <laughs> like, like he's he looks out of place. And in the Lederhosen, I was like, clearly you can't be enjoying this this moment because you look like ass like with this. But you know what? If I guess for him, if he's scoring this many goals, he'll wear some Lederhosen. So yeah, it has to be in the contract, right? They, because they make everyone do this. It has to be in the contract because otherwise, like, why would the players keep doing this? Uh, do Germans actually enjoy this? Like, is this, this is a thing that they, they, they like do seem to? To be fair, look, like Oktoberfest looks like a great time. I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from that. I just can't. You do it? Can you not enjoy it? In regular clothing. My thought exactly. My thought exactly. All right. Um, so there was that. Uh, speaking of Germany, um, Julian Nagelsmann taking the Germany job on a short-term basis. I think just for the tournament, or like just for the year or something. Seems odd to me. Where does he want to go? Like he turned hmm. down Chelsea. I think he was looked at by PSG, and I think he didn't come to an agreement with them. Like, what job do you want? I don't understand. It's a good question. I mean, clearly he was right to turn down Chelsea. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about them in a second, but that, that was the correct decision. Um, he, yeah, PSG wouldn't have been the right fit. There was, there was talk of Spurs, although it was unclear how far that went. And so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You would think, you would think England, because he speaks English, and German, and I don't know that he speaks. You speak anything else? Sorry, England. What? Like you would think he would want to work in the Premier League. Oh, I thought you meant like take over from Southampton. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> um, but is he the youngest national team manager ever? He's got to be one of them, if not. I somehow I doubt it. Somehow I think one of the lesser countries has employed like a child that affected. <laughs> I, I don't I can't I cannot confirm. I'm just I'm just still baffled. I think maybe he's thinking Ancelotti's going to Brazil. Maybe he's thinking do well for Germany a little bit and then Real Madrid come calling. Mm. 
maybe he's thinking Ten Hag gets the sack and United come calling. Maybe that. Maybe that's what he. I don't. I don't know. I. I, I don't. I felt he should, this should have been a long-term appointment because I think it's a good fit for him. Um, he has lots of time, clearly, like to become a club manager legend. Like, why not yeah. do this? You know, maybe. Yeah, yeah that's fair. Um, he could probably do both at the same time. Um, or he could skateboard. You know, got time for everything. Um, mm-hmm. Let's talk about Chelsea. Um, there's a couple things that I want to talk about. Um stemming from the manager one is he's basically i don't know if you caught this but he basically said that um noni madweke is not making his squads and it's not because of injuries the implication being it's for other reasons so um that's that that started already so that's that's mm-hmm. good um the other is did you read the stuff about the lemons i did and i'm not gonna pretend i understood a single word that he said <laughs> Okay, so if, if for anyone who hasn't read this, Pochettino keeps a bowl of lemons on his desk in his office, and he says, and he's not like joking around here, he, like he genuinely believes this, that they absorb negative energy. And he said that after about a year and a half, it started to work at Tottenham, and so at Chelsea, you need to give the lemons time. That is a, that is a direct quote. You need to give the lemons time. Um, and... And he's got lemons from Spain and Italy. And the more colors of lemons you have, the better. If he could find a blue lemon, he'd, he'd use that. Um, and also green lemons are good. And green lemons are a thing. And they're not just limes. And I'm not like all of these are things that he said. <laughs> I've just never seen a guy like... He used to be a good manager. Now he's a complete crackpot. These managers need to shut up. Just shut up. We don't care. Just tell us who's injured, who's playing. We don't care about all this shit. What is this? I can't. He's gone on a massive diatribe about fucking citrus. I know you hated PSG so much, but you don't have to, like, just lose your mind like this. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, it's not going to work. The lemons are not going to work. So, like, when he gets sacked by, by Chelsea in three months, is he going <laughs> to stop believing in the, in the lemons? It's like those QAnon people. It's like when all the things that you thought were going to happen didn't happen. Did you stop believing QAnon? No, apparently not. So like, oh yeah, sorry about that. So I wonder, like, so sorry. What color do the lemons turn when they absorb negativity, or do they just like absorb? That's it a good question. That, that that remains unanswered. Like, or do they get bigger? Like, like because the PSG, <laughs> it was it was all negative. So what happened to the lemons? That's what I want to know. Good point. It's a good point. How often do you have to replace the lemons? <laughs> well, like when you make, when, <clears throat> say, when life gives you lemons, you make lemonade. Does lemonade taste like ass? Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh man! He also said that they all believe it. Uh, the implication being his coaching staff, um, and I wonder if they all do or they're just playing along. No, he's lying. He definitely. Lying. <laughs> 
Uh, anyway, if you ha- if you haven't seen the the full article, I do recommend just googling Pochettino Lemons because it's it's a riot. Uh, Bruno Guimaraes has signed a new deal with with Newcastle. He's got a hundred million pound release clause. Uh, do you think someone pays that? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. He's not that good. Chelsea would. I stand corrected. Absolutely, Chelsea will pay that money when Enzo decides like he wants to get out of there. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. I like in the current midfielder market. Uh, someone might, someone might. I mean, he wanted to go to Real Madrid, but they've got all the midfielders in the world, so that's not going to happen. But no, I just thought that was interesting. Um, speaking of central midfielders, uh, Amrabat finally made. I don't know, we're just jumping around all over the place, but he finally made his debut uh, for United. How did you feel about that? He made his debut as a left back. <laughs> And said that he'd be willing to play in goal if necessary, which it might be at this rate. He looked very tidy. In the second half, he was allowed to come in and play in the, in midfield next to Casemiro. And allowed. <sighs> yeah, definitely allowed. Look, look, I think I said this before. When United were flying high, supposedly, that the Kasserikson midfield was letting people run onto them way too much. And now I was called a Grinch. By you, actually. Um, <laughs> and Amrabat, in my, it theoretically solves that problem. And it was against pa- Crystal Palace B, whatever. But, like, he lets Casemiro just run around. Because Casemiro has no positional sense anymore and also cannot, there's not mobile anymore to intercept. Well, Amrabat does have it. And his passing ability is quite good. At least what I saw yesterday was quite good. But mm. it was Crystal Palace B, so I reserve judgment. But theoretically, this should kickstart United's season because there will no longer be a highway in the midfield. Theoretically. Theoretically. It's so you're unlocking your defensive potential. Yes. And hopefully mm. the attacking potential because now <laughs> wing backs don't have to be full backs <laughs> to cover for the idiots in midfield. We shall see. Who's who's United next next game? Crystal Palace. Oh really? Hilarious. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. So on the weekend we had the North London derby, um, which I thought was a really interesting game because I thought I don't know, man. Like you last season, or actually, let me go back even further. So two seasons ago, Spurs finished above Arsenal. Mm. Last season, Arsenal were light years, light years ahead of Spurs start of this season it's early doors but the gap has has very much narrowed back up in the in the space of like six seven weeks it's it's kind of remarkable that in the past couple of years especially under Conte Tottenham would have gone to the Emirates and just like sat there in a low block and tried to see out the game mm-hmm. and here they came and they went toe-to-toe with like a very young team and they did really well and part of that is you know, what Postacoglu is doing. And part of that is that, and let's get into this, I feel like Arteta has kind of fucked things up a bit. I feel like he had something really, really good. And I'm not saying he's ruined it completely or permanently, mm-hmm. but he's tinkered a bit too much. And and now things look very disjointed. Um, I think it's way too early to get to that point. I think both teams are unbeaten. So, like, mm-hmm. 
the hell kind of privilege is this? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> oh, this isn't crisis talk. This this is just like when you looked at what Arsenal were doing last season and you look at how they're playing now. This is worked. a you got ninety five percent of your on your exam. Where's the other five percent? This is very <laughs> very Nigerian father type talk right now. <laughs> but but let, let, let me say this. I think a I told you so in regards to Tottenham getting rid of Kane. If you actually have a idea of what you want to do you can you can manage it and you take the money at the same time mm-hmm. but even to that point i will say son has stepped up because last big, season he was time. horrible he was big very time. very bad last season and he's really really come back to form and stepped up and basically in richardson's absence though he's there but he's absent mm-hmm. he is leading the attack him and, and james madison who's proven to be absolutely wonderful um so I think in that respect, you're facing a completely different entity. Yeah. Which you didn't, I don't think, even, I don't think Arsenal really un, have thought about that. I mean, you've thought about it, but like, you don't have the experience of playing against this team this way because you're used to, no, for Harry Kane, you stop Tottenham. This is a different beast here. And I think that, that showed in this game. There was also the high press game that Tottenham were playing in the game that I think it seemed to me in this match, Arsenal actually weren't prepared for what Tottenham were going to do, though Ange has shown you what he's going to do, and it just seemed like Arsenal didn't prepare properly for the game, plus Arsenal made a bunch, like, it was a Jorginho mistake. You were very susceptible to being pressed and pressured in this in this match, which I don't think normally one would expect from Arsenal. Mm. But I, I think there are two things that come out here. A, I took out Son out of my FPL for Rashford, because I thought, hey, you know, I playing Oof. wherever the hell it was. Burnley and Son is playing Arsenal. Mm. You know what I mean? The logic was there. It didn't yeah. work out. No. Son scored a brace. But I don't think Son can do this over the course of 38 games. Why? I, I, I don't think it's sustainable. I think Richardson has to pick it up. Son being a false nine or the only attacking outlet, it's just I don't think he can carry a team. And I know they're not asking him necessarily to carry the team, but the way that they play is is hyper-reliant on that Son-Madison axis. And if Madison doesn't have anyone to feed, it will become a problem. And I just don't think Son is going to give you 38 games of superstar quality that will get you into the top four. That's my only... That's interesting. Thing about Spurs that I would say I don't think they keep it up because I just don't think thirty-one-year-old Son mm. is. I don't think it's. I don't even think he should be. I just don't think that is sustainable. I think they need one more. I don't think that's, they have it because Richardson's ass. That's <laughs> at the moment he, he for sure is. That's interesting. I, that, see, that wouldn't be where I'd go with with what might take them down because I think. Honestly, they they've been wonderful so far, um, mm-hmm. and one of the most fun teams to watch. Um, and and players like Udogi is is a revelation. Like Basuma, I mean, we knew Basuma was good, but like again, we've talked about how Conte needs to go to jail for what he did to that guy. Um, mm-hmm. And Pap Star, and like it, it's suddenly all of a sudden it's a, it's a very young, exciting team. For me, though, they're like a couple injuries away from from problems because Van der Ven and Romero look very good, but. Either, either of them gets injured and Eric Dyer is back in the team, which is a problem. Basuma gets injured. There's not really anyone else that can do what he does. Like Bentancur is coming back, but he's had an ACL. That That's a that's a problem if he goes out. And then Madison, obviously, like 
they have Lo Celso, but he's barely kicked a ball in three years. So I think there there are a few players there that they don't really have very much cover for, and that could be a problem long run. Son, though, like, you have to remember, like, two years ago, despite Conte's terrorism, he was the top goal scorer in the league. Like, this is a guy that can rack up plenty of goals. Um, we just haven't seen him do it from the number nine position. But I think he can do it. I think he's showing he can do it. And that's what scares me because of Richardson being crap. Like, mm. if you're asking Son to carry the goal-scoring load just as a nine, without a foil, as much as I rate him, it makes me a little bit nervous. Plus, you get, the to your point, the they're an injury away. If that injury is to either Son or Madison, forget about it. Like, just, yeah. just, just go home at that point. Like, <laughs> That's fair. Whereas Arsenal, and this is where I think they're ahead in, yes, because, well, Saka has played 86 games in a row. If he goes, I get a little bit worried, but I think, I think Arsenal can manage it a lot more than, say, if Spurs lost Son, because yeah. maybe Nelson comes in, maybe you switch Trossard, or maybe you switch... Martinelli, I feel like there's a way around it, or maybe you change it up and you start playing with uh, Nketiah and Jesus at the same time. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's more options there. Way more options, yeah. So I think they can manage it, and it shows that they're further ahead. Where I think Arsenal's problem is, Havertz is showing no sign of life at all. None, none. And Rice is one game hot, one game not so much. That's just a matter of time, I think, because he's just too good of a player. Um, but it is something to watch. But this persistence of Havertz, my question will be, when does it stop? There's a couple things, yeah. There's a couple things that Arteta is persisting with at the moment that don't seem to make much sense. One is Nketiah, who's like, not bad, but like, Jesus is back. Why why are you still doing this? And the other thing is is Havertz. I mean, I know he didn't start the North London derby, but, but, you know, the problem is you buy this guy for 65 million, you have to try and, you know, that's a big show of faith and you have to try and work out what to do with him, especially for, you know, a, an ego-driven coach. You have to try and work something out, but you should stop. Just stop. Mm-hmm. Stop. It's not, it's not working. Play Fabio Vieira, play someone, like just play Emma Smith-Rowe who's sitting there wasting away. Like do something different because it's, it's not working. It doesn't even look like he's suited to it, frankly. Um, the whole thing's just very confusing. Um and, and Arsenal do have plenty of options in those attacking positions, but almost too many. Like, almost too many. I, it's just getting confusing. And you've got all these options, but as you said, Saka plays every minute of every game. He was injured in the North London derby and like almost looked to be begging to be taken off. And, and Arteta kept him out there, played him at right back for a few minutes towards the end. Like, the guy needs a month off. Send him to a beach. I, I honestly would, would just send him to a beach. And mm-hmm. get the team to work it out without him for a few weeks. I, I think that would also help Arsenal figure some things out. Exactly. You know? And also, I thought Udogi did a great job on him anyway. Especially on a yellow card. My goodness. Yeah, I, I didn't think he was... I I don't think... And the season's very early, but... Mm. and I, I don't actually think the Saka has played all that well overall this season. And granted, I've watched three or four of the Arsenal games this season. Mm. Not, not, not all of them. I definitely watched the North London Derby. I definitely watched United, and I didn't even feel against United that the, there was much. Maybe people put a lot of focus on him, like he missed a sitter or whatever. But I didn't feel. I saw. I felt Martinelli though. Wembasaka had him. 
But I felt Martinelli was a guy that Arsenal went to in that game time and time and time again. I almost feel as if Saka is just, I don't know, it feels quiet to me. I don't know why. It just feels because quiet. He's exhausted. <laughs> he's exhausted. I think that's fair. I like Send him to a beach. Let him go. Like, he did well in the Champions League, sure. But, like, this this record... It, he's completely smashed it at this point. You, mm-hmm. you're, you're not even chasing that anymore. Like, there's a lot of gap between him and whatever the next guy was in his consecutive game record. Yeah. Play Nelson. Like, just play Nelson. Let's see what he's got. Like, it's, exactly. it's, it's enough. But, uh, Alex, I want to ask you about Arteta um, mm. because I know we haven't done the part consistently, so a lot has come up. But he yeah. made this weird statement, I think, last week oh, about God. the goalkeepers. Yeah. And I think he said that he wanted to sub off the keeper. He didn't say who, but he said the oh, keeper, yeah. I think, yeah. yeah. which obviously was Ramsdale. Um, <laughs> yeah. On, like, 65 minutes or some shit, but, like, he didn't have the courage to do it. And something, 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 something. And I thought, what? <laughs> like, I don't know. What was your reaction to that? Like, I thought, so, okay. I, I, let, me, let me put this out there. I am against the David Raya signing. I, let me just okay. say that. Maybe, you know, I'm old school and getting too old for this. But, like, I think you need a number one. And I think it causes problems when you don't have one or when you have two keepers who, who believe themselves to be on the same level. And it never works for more than a year. You can't do it for more than a year. So let, let me just – I'll put that out there. I think one of them will not be here next season because I don't think it can it, – it's sustainable. Putting that aside, I thought Arteta's comments about that specifically were very interesting. He's right. There's no reason you shouldn't be able to sub a keeper off if you think they're having a bad game, like anyone else. As long as you have coached the team to know that that could happen, as long as the defenders are comfortable with the guy that is coming in, as long as the guy that's coming in feels that they are prepared to come into a game, you know, because that's not something keepers do very often. Like, as long as you set all those those kind of parameters, fine, do that. And And yeah, I can understand not making those substitutions in the past even though you felt like doing it because you felt it might cause too much controversy or it might be you know too big a leap or maybe you had matt turner on the bench and you you didn't think that was a very good idea which which may be more to the point um but but i don't like the david raya signing (laughs) i i so the david raya signing i like it from a uh, director of football savviness point of view, which I wish my team had, in mm. that you have, get a keeper as good as David Wright on loan, for goodness sake, sure. with a, I think, $30 million option to buy, which is triggered by some, like there's a trigger of some sort, which it's I don't remember. It's a sensational deal. What, yeah, yeah, yeah. What the there's hell? no dispute like, that. The deal-making is incredible. And yeah. I believe that Edu's you know, and the Arsenal organization's deal-making prowess and things they've done in the transfer market to support the manager is why you are where you are today. Agreed. I believe that wholeheartedly, and it's what I've said about United, that no manager will succeed until they get structure right. I've said it. This proves it to me. But where I... F- f- I don't actually have a problem necessarily with the two goalkeepers thing. I don't, because Raya came in knowing that he's going to fight for his place and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. I have no problem with that though united with the dean henderson the the hair thing kind of proves that you need to pick one (laughs) Mm -hmm. but where where i have an issue 
with what he said was he's saying this in the context of basically it's like nil nil and like I need to score a goal. <laughs> so 65th minute, I want to be able to bring on a goalkeeper. And I understand fundamentally, okay, we got rid of the hair for Onana. I understand this fundamental thing of keepers are now expected to be included in the build-up play and all this other nonsense to create goals. I get it. Mm. I get it. But I think we have gone too far. (laughs) That that statement to me is a sign that this game has gone way too far because it's like Allison and Ederson have assisted from long balls. Okay? Let's understand that. They've assisted from long balls. The goalkeeper is only going to pass the ball like, keep the ball, pass it to start moves from the back or in the odd occasion, the number of times that it happens is not often, to break lines to get the ball to the midfield because someone has pressed you. I'm not convinced that Ramsdale cannot do that. In fact, I've seen him do it. Ramsdale so to was tell doing me that, it. Exactly. So to tell me that to break a deadlock, that you're going to sub a keeper <laughs> is just... LSD drugs, which I know Arteta has been doing, and we talked yes. about being in the season. I think he's overthinking this. He's inhaling and, too many lemons. And mate, you're, you're second or whatever it is in the league, you're way behind City, who have basically decided to win a treble route one. I don't give a shit how good Ederson is with the ball. When Ederson sees Holland, he goes, Boop. Lord. They won they won an FA Cup final with that exact move in the first minute of the game. Well, listen, <laughs> you're, you're absolutely right. And, and, and listen, this is one of the other things that annoys me about the whole David Raya thing is that, like, everyone's like, oh, yeah, Raya's coming in better with his feet than Ramsdale. I don't know if you watched the, the game on the weekend, but Raya was launching it. Mm-hmm. Raya was launching it. Like, plenty of times. They had a few short passes, like maybe one or two line breakers. But most of the time, Raya just kicked it. Like, and he did it from the edge of the penalty area where he was in line with the centre back, so it was all modern and, and cool. But like, he just kicked it. So, are are we suggesting that Raya just has like tracer missile like accuracy? Like, is that is that what we're suggesting <laughs> is going to break the know. deadlock? I don't know. I don't know. Like, I I I understand it better from a defensive perspective. I think if you if you're, you know you look like you're going to concede the goalkeeper's having a shaky game and you want mm-hmm. to take him off. I get that. I get that. You want to bring on someone who, who's maybe got a bit more confidence right now? Do that. That makes sense. I don't think you're, you're, you're doing it from an attacking point of view and, and making any difference. So, unless, and it, unless you're uh, Allardyce. Was it Allardyce? Who brought on... Da- no, Stuart Pierce, who brought on David James up front. Well, that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, again, we're, we're talking so much about Arteta, but, like, my brain is like you you challenge for the Premier League mm-hmm. for 85 90% of yeah. the season something like that you are top for forever with Ramsdale are you telling me that in your mind you constructed a title victory <laughs> based on like a 2% improvement in ball playing ability from the goalkeeper no nah, you're on drugs i'm sorry <laughs> So I think that he may well have done that, and he's definitely on drugs. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, but no, it, it is interesting, and it will be very, very interesting now. Now that he's set this this predicament up to watch how he kind of manages this for the rest of the season. 
I think he could not this season, but I think invariably he when I don't think he's gonna be stupidly successful at Arsenal because Man City's in his way uh, for one thing. But I think when he invariably loses his job, he'll like it will be because he overthought it. I think yeah. whenever that he's, is, it will be because he overthought the thing. Th- this is my yeah. It looks like that's where he is right now. But let's see. Let's see. Um, all right, we better leave it there. Um, thank you. This was lovely. I can't promise we'll do it next week, but we will certainly try. Whenever we do it, it will be topical. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. Take care. All right, mate.